for the all-time mark from 64. Matt Prater's kick is good! History is made! Yes, hello and welcome to episode 127 of the And The Kick Is Good podcast. My name's Tom, I'm your host, and I'm joined, as usual, by Colm. Say hello, Colm. Hello. Say hello, Colm. I did. Oh, I did not hear you. Good start oh. today. The technical difficulties have begun early this week. Um, so early, as I said in the open, that we tried to record yesterday and couldn't, because Colm, your laptop finally bit the dust. It did. Well... Specifically, its ability to connect to Wi-Fi for more than 60 seconds. Bit of dust. Yeah, an interesting foible that I don't think we really expected, to be no. honest. Um, and yet, here we are. Um, it's been a week in the NFL for, for, for what is essentially the quietest week of basically the season, bar that sort of end of June, start of July period where there's kind of nothing going on. Um, there has been some some fun news some not so fun news some outright outright weird news um and we're basically just gonna uh run through and 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 take you through kind of blow by blow um foot by foot of each of the stories um those eagle-eared listeners will have uh have spotted that that was the old intro the old matt prater longest field goal um that's because my computer basically required to be rebuilt from uh, from the ground up over the weekend and I thought I grabbed all the podcast drops, but I realized that the intro, uh, what was the new intro, was saved in a different location. So that's gone to the ether. I'm going to have to rebuild that over the next week. Can't wait. Um, audio editing, not my specialty, as you'll uh, probably have already heard two and a half minutes into this show. Anyway, how was your week, column bar installing Windows on a new laptop and throwing your old one, I assume, in the furnace? Uh, beside that, um, all right. Just trying to think what I've been up to since I last spoke to you. Yeah. Oh, I went suit shopping in Birmingham. Is that the start of a joke? Is no. That, that, that I, doesn't I, sound I like did. a thing that actually somebody did. No, I did. I, I, I'm a best man for a wedding, and so I had to go help the groom pick out a suit in Birmingham. <laughs> yeah, no, still not a thing that people do. Anyway, yep. on with the news. Go. Read all about it. Latest football scores. Morning paper. Morning star. Paper mister. That was very loud. Um, for the podcast audio listeners, I will have edited that down severely. But know that that blew the <laughs> fuck out of my eardrums. Um, we will anyway move on to the news for the week. Um, and let's just run down, as as you've written it down, Carl, um, Eric Bieniemy has moved laterally, for, for lack of a better term, from the Kansas City Chiefs to the Washington Commanders. He will be their offensive coordinator. Um, I guess that there's a lot... There's a lot to take from this. Uh, there's a lot of takes that can be taken from this. Um, it's been pretty widely covered over the last couple of years, but the the main kind of difference between his job in Washington and his job in, in Kansas City is that he is now going to be calling offensive plays um, under Ron R- Rivera um, for whoever the quarterback for the Commanders is. Yeah, that uh, obviously he's been talked about as a potential head coaching candidate since... Uh, you know, Mahomes has burst onto the scene. It's not happened for him for 
what sound like odd reasons. Um, some people have attributed to the fact that he doesn't call plays or build his own staff, so he's getting the opportunity to do that now. It seems ridiculous that he's having to go to these lengths to prove himself. Um, just as an example, uh, Nick Sirianni, I believe, didn't call plays when he was the Colts' offensive coordinator, yet still got a head coaching job. Um, you say lateral move. Yes, he's getting more power and responsibility. I think he's also getting the, the title of assistant head coach. But in terms of quality of team, it's a massive downgrade, right? Yeah. Colm, could you just say Severus Snape's sickest parcel tongue for me? Severus Snape's sickest parcel tongue. Yeah, your mic has an insane lisp on it this week. Ah. So enjoy that, listeners, because I'm not going to sit here and tell Colm to fix that at half past ten on a fucking Wednesday. No. Tuesday. Tuesday. So I'm afraid just you're going to have to live with it. Um, yeah, I, the the best case scenario here, right, is that he he makes Washington a functional offense despite having a serious downgrade at, I'm not going to say every position, um, but wide receiver two, they probably have a better option at. Um, but this, this bodes well probably for guys like Antonio Gibson, who is a considerable like space player, was a wide receiver, tra- um, kind of transformed into a running back at, at the pro level. Um, and okay, like Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and Juju Smith-Schuster, like, they are traditional wide receivers, but they they excel in kind of space. MVS, um, I guess, is kind of a straight-line speed guy. But routinely, as we saw in the Super Bowl, the enemy was able to scheme guys open um, and, and get the ball in the hands of people like Kadarius Tony, who they traded for. And I'm not saying Tony and Gibson are the same player, but they are the same style of player, at least. Yeah, People are also overrating what he's going to need to do at the Commanders to prove himself. He doesn't need to get them playing to the level the Chiefs are currently playing at. He just needs to show that he can make a significant improvement to the Commanders as an offensive organisation. Which, given the turmoil of the last couple of years, I don't think is a, a huge problem once he can find the right quarterback. Yeah, and that goes back to what we said um, about the commanders at the end of last season, which is how do you only give Sam Howell one start? <laughs> it's just they, they have absolutely zero idea um, of what they're doing at the quarterback position from here on. And, and, and that's not going to be clarified in, in the summer. They they might have an idea of preseason, but by that point, if you haven't got the answer on the roster, it's far too late um, to really do anything about it. Would you like to take us through the Arizona Cardinals? We can move on to the Arizona Cardinals. So they have now hired their coordinator positions. We've got Drew Petzing, who is the offensive coordinator uh, recently hired, and Nick Rails, uh, Ra- Rallis, um, who is the new defensive coordinator. Uh, I believe both have come across from the Eagles. Not a surprise, given that uh, Gannon is now the uh, head coach. Yeah, not Rich Gannon, as we said last week, who is like 50 and works in the booth. Um, so, slight misfire on our, on our part there. But, um, that is yeah, a, I believe uh, I believe Nick, uh, the, the new defensive coordinator, uh, was the linebacker's coach for the Eagles. And Drew Petzing, I believe, was the quarterback's coach. I might have had that one wrong uh, while he was with the Eagles. Okay, moving on to everyone's favourite uh, kind of white comedy 
person from the NFL in the mid-2010s, early 2010s? Regardless, Rex Ryan, um, he is being interviewed for the Broncos' defensive coordinator position. Um, Sean Payton loves himself some Ryan family members, I guess. Yeah, this is going to be one of uh, a couple feet stories we've we've got on uh, on for today. <laughs> it's, it's that it's that whole if I had a dollar for every foot story this week. I don't. It's more like dollars, the buses, but it's weird. There's two. Yeah, <laughs> we don't talk about feet very often on this podcast or foot fetishes, <laughs> but when we do, they appear to come both at the same week. Um, oh, yeah, he. I think he's spent some time with Sean Payton. Um, both ESPN guys, right? last year or was no he was at Fox Sean Payton wasn't he yeah yeah Payton was Fox oh, I have no idea what their connection is then really regardless let's I mean, see through, through his brother right yeah yeah I'm sure but why not just hire Rob again if you like working with uh, a Ryan he doesn't want to coach anymore yeah. maybe was they Rex... fell out it seems yeah. like two people who could fall out pretty well <laughs> yeah, Rob but... Ryan and Sean Payton yeah was Rex's last job head coach at the Bills that sounds right, because I was lobbying yeah. him for, to, to become the defensive coordinator for the Steelers afterwards. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see what happens there. No word that he is going to take it. Apparently, he's told ESPN he'd only take, you know, an, like a dream opportunity, which this could be. But, yeah, you know, I've, <laughs> I don't know. It, I feel It's only I, downhill, right? Like, yeah. in the booth, you, you are, you're not infallible, but nobody sits there and goes, well, you conceded 40 points to the Jags last Sunday if you're an yeah. analyst um, so you you might you might have a really bad take but it's kind of a, a, a slate that's been wiped clean the next week and you can make an equally bad take and it'll still you know you're still the NFL analyst you're still getting paid so yeah that, that that's the whole best case scenario you know the whole it needs to be the right job for him thing but I don't know if you've got an opportunity I, I could see him taking it quite easily yeah entirely reasonable that he might but I was just going to say it feels like the Eagles are downsliding a bit doesn't it in terms of their defensive coordinators like it's a fantastic defence they have there but I don't know if Rex Ryan is someone that would fill me with inspiration you said the Eagles do you mean the Broncos yes Gotcha. I was like, it's I, half don't know, 10 how, on I don't know how Tuesday. we're pivoting to yeah. shooting down the Eagles defence but okay um yeah, I, it's just going to see. It'll be interesting to see whether that, you know, 2010, 2012 defense that did so well translates to literally a decade later. Mm. Um, uh, or whether he ad- adapts it or, or what the situation is. Um, I, I, I would imagine that um, <laughs> the whole ideal situation would involve not playing Mahomes and Herbert twice a year. <laughs> that, that feels like if he could sign up to a, 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 a division, he would probably have the AFC West probably somewhere quite low down that list, but a job's a job. Um, speaking of a job's a job, um, trendy a possible Houston Texans head coach name of a year ago, Josh McCowan has a job. Uh, he is the quarterback's coach for the Panthers. Um, and week I, I, over under week five before we see everyone go hey any chance Josh McCowan could, could go and get a professional contract and play QB for the Panthers <laughs> um, who the hell knows Like, I, <laughs> it's coming let, let, let's just work out what the Panthers are going to do at quarterback first shall we <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot yeah. of bad options already on the books um, and a lot of good options somewhere which are not 
currently like, in what, Carolina. What amazes me, and I, I don't want to dog Washington again, right? But the Panthers are in exactly the same situation as the as the Commanders in that they know that anybody other than their sophomore quarterback is not the answer, and mm. yet they know basically as much about their sophomore quarterback, and he missed the entire year. Yeah. Like this, that's the problem with being the Panthers is you, you have no idea whether he's the answer but that's fine because he was injured but like it's, you compare it to the Washington yeah I, I'm going to keep everything from now on I'm going to bring back to the Washington Commanders QB situation so just strap in for that sure this is just you know fair play he got a job. He got a job which is much more suiting for his history and coaching and playing than randomly becoming a head coach. But then Jeff Saturday got a job for basically being a cult for life. So who knows? Yeah, I, you know, maybe we're talking about him again this time next year as an offensive coordinator, exactly, or maybe maybe exactly. even he does make the jump from one year QB coach to head coach. But that's less you ridiculous. Think D'Amico Ryan's, you think Demico Ryan's gets scanned in Houston after one year? <laughs> they go three times one and done. Oh no, wait. Is it three times one of them? Yeah, it yeah. would be if they if they fired him. Who knows? Is my point. Josh McCown played for the Bucks, right? I think he played for most teams, didn't he? <laughs> that seems fair. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll go on to the Bucks. Um, you've written it here that they uh, they made the whole thirty five million dollars of dead cap for Brady's deal this year. Um, I haven't heard that. I, I'm not saying that. That's not true. That was Mike Florio's reporting that they were okay. maybe going okay. to do this. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're maybe it's the off season maybe now, Tom. Going to do it. Yes. Maybe these yeah, yeah, yeah. are news stories. Okay. If 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 they if they chew up and eat all of that thirty five mil, then the reporting that I have seen from people who are pretty damn close to the Bucks that said basically no vets are trade candidates, um, and if they are, they're like not impactful players. So. Godwin, Evans, etc. Um, if they eat all 35 mil of that, then that is totally off the table and everyone is available for trade because they are going so far in the tank. Yeah. Um, I, look, we have seen teams take on 35 mil of dead cap in, in hits at this point. Like, I, I'm trying to think of what the largest dead cap is. Is it Matt Ryan's last year? No, I think it's uh, Carson Wentz at the Eagles, isn't it? Maybe. I could look it up. Um, maybe I'll edit it in here. But... Um, it's a large, you know, it's it's around the thirty mil mark from from memory. Um, so doing this for a retiring player that won you a Super Bowl, not the end of the world, wouldn't be you know catastrophic. But with the other moves they would have to make to then build a competitive roster this season, it feels like it would like regardless, you'd be paying a lot of money next year anyway. So you'd rather give yourself flexibility in the future in terms of like an Evans extension. You don't want to extend and restructure Godwin. Um, you know, do a, do some restructure of the defensive side of the ball. Like you would rather keep all of those on the deals that they're on, so you could restructure them next year and spread over Brady's cap stuff rather than eat Brady's dead cap this year and then have to restructure them this year anyway. Like it, it, it would it would have a similar effect, but one would mean that they could have flexibility and maneuverability next year and one means that they literally couldn't and so uh, yeah I, I would be surprised if they did this because it would signal that they are literally not trying to win next year yeah it was an odd one but like I said off season so I've added it as something for you to uh, <laughs> talk about Um, right well uh, you teased it earlier 
Um, again, not a news item I've seen this week, but both you and Brad have brought it up. So fire away on Micah Parsons and um, his enjoyment of the ankle region. Sure. So he was on a podcast. I can't tell you whose podcast it was. And they were doing some quick-fire questions about him, like, what's the most embarrassing song on your playlist? You know, what's your favourite movie? Um, and he was, you know, giving fairly sharp answers. And then the last question was, what's something people don't know about you that may surprise them? And he immediately said, I have a foot fetish. And, <laughs> <laughs> Just and, straight out. Not yeah. even quite like feet. I Like those, I mean, fair play. Yeah. And the the interviewer just went, okay, uh, <laughs> you know where to go I was with that. not prepared for this, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's the story. Uh, we, Brad and I just found it funny, um, so we wanted to include it on the podcast. Tom, any Sorry, thoughts on feet or on the uh, Michael Parsons story in general? Um, no, I, I guess if 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 having a foot fetish makes you come into the league as a linebacker turn into an edge and become an all pro in two years then perhaps more of us should be in defeat but (laughs) judging by Rex Ryan's physical exploits I think it's probably more to do with his freakish DNA and less to do with his proclivities in the bedroom sure Um, way to own it though yeah 2023 you like what you like as long as it's legal and fucking above board like (laughs) I mean fair play it's changed changed our tune a lot from when he got when Rex Ryan you know revealed yeah, his yeah. enjoyment of feet. To be fair, I think Rex Ryan has a tattoo or something, doesn't he, involving feet? <laughs> was it of his wife? I can't remember what it is now. I I see. I had it as his wife. Yeah. Yeah. In like a was it his wife in a Sanchez jersey? Why do I? Yeah, have that yeah, head? yeah. I've got that in my head as well. <laughs> if not, we're revealing some sort of joint <laughs> strange. Yeah. The fantasy we have about yeah. Mark Sanchez tattoos, or or, or yeah. even weirder Rex Ryan's wife's tattoos. Anyway, um, let's get off this immediately. Um, something that I was calling through for throughout the season said that they had to look at, and I, I mean I wasn't alone in this. Um, is that the league have basically revealed that they're going to look at banning um, the not quite the Eagles sneak as you've written it, but the the act of pushing a player from behind into the pile which certainly helped the Eagles, but also they were super fucking creative as to whether they were going around the edge, whether they were going through like the B gap or whatever. But a lot of their fourth down conversions did come from basically going, Jalen Hurts, your spine is of questionable use to us, so we're going to charge a running back into your back and hope for the best. Um, this needed to happen. I'm, I'm thankful that the league are being proactive rather than reactive and I understand why they wouldn't want to make this change in the season, but I still think they are lucky that nothing bad came of this. Yeah, I think the league are looking at it more from a competitive side of things. Um, you know, if it, if, if it's more or less... I like disagree it, on that point, but carry on. That that's, I think that's the impression I'm getting. They're not, so, they're not like super concerned from the injury perspective, more just... It seems like almost like you know. There's there's no real. How do you stop that play? Right, like it's just a money but play. I, I think I think what you're what you're overlooking there is that the league want teams to go for it on fourth down, and they want offensive football. They they don't want teams to go three and out and then punt, and then the other team get one first down and then mm. punt. And like the, the league has done everything it can over the last decade to promote offensive football and longer time of possessions or more scoring plays, etc. 
um, if if you can keep the offense on the field for longer, like that, that's that's so far in 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 like the wheelhouse of what the NFL want. Um, sure. But either way, this this has come from Dean Blandino, who says he thinks that the league will probably look at it this off season. So, ex, again, ex head of rules something or other. Yeah. Dean Blandino. So occasionally coming from a pretty now. good force, right? Yeah. So we'll see what happens to that. But again, that's another maybe story. Yeah. Oh one thing one thing that definitely has happened and yeah. did happen this weekend though is the XFL. Yeah, that you, yes, yes. Uh, Your, the, the collective the collective shocked um yeah. inhalation of breath just then um that tells you everything you need to know. There does seem to be some positives coming out of it so far. I mean, you know, there were some positives the last time it came around and then immediately died a death, didn't it? Um but the the issue with it last time was I think it ran pretty hard into COVID and then they couldn't have, um, you know, live games. Wow, well, all, all professional sports had to shut down for a while, killed TV deals, and it just it burnt through. Um, what's his name? Vince McMahon's money, basically, didn't it? Um, now it's been kind of restarted again. I think there's a new TV deal with Disney. Uh, like a long-term deal as well, so it has a bit more financial security to it. And I saw somewhere one of the games had about 23,000 fans in attendance, which for a start-up league, filling a stadium full of 23,000 people, that's pretty impressive, right? Um, yeah, yeah. and what's it, what's pretty good is that they've done it... Like, whether you like it or not, the NFL, there is a burnout from NFL fans. Mm. Um, and And so... Like being able to get that many fans literally the week or was it two weeks after the the Super Bowl that is that is part of the achievement. Yeah, obviously some creative rule stuffs in there as well. I saw people were liking such as rather than an onside kick, you have like a fourth and fifteen from your own twenty-five or something, um, which I think someone managed to convert, and you know everyone's. And went went on to win the game, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a moderately impressive, you know. So it's going to be interesting to watch because it's obviously not a competition league to the NFL, certainly not at its current stage, but it is almost like a breeding ground and maybe even retirement home for certain ex NFL players who were once hyped as the future of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Hey, Martavis Bryant was a very good player until he started puffing the weed. Oh, I, I more meant Paxton Lynch. <laughs> Nice, nice setup. I like yeah. it. So there we go. Um, two other very quick bits of news. Um, Matt Nagy thought to probably be the one to take over from the Chiefs' offense. Uh, uh, well, take over for the Chiefs that offensive coordinator. He's yeah, been he was QB, like QB coach. coach or passing game or something last year. Yeah, yeah. And the other one is Jim Bob Cooter has been hired as the Colts' offensive coordinator. He has come across as a passing game coordinator from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, he would prefer if people do not Google or check out his Wikipedia page about previous arrests, which seem to me to be very sketchy, and I'm not quite sure why people hire him. So. <laughs> there you go. That's the news this week. It is indeed, and that's that's kind of all we've got for this week, really. Um, unless there's anything that you know of, Colin. What do I know of? Um, no, anything I... you wanted to do, or got a cactus so I can talk about the cactus 
So thank you very much for listening to this episode <laughs> of the And the Kick is Good podcast. Um, Brad feels like he is closer to making a return. Um, I have no doubt he will either come back for the NFC North recap show so he can shit on the Vikings one more time um, or the NFC East show for obvious reasons. Um, so it won't just be Colm and myself talking you to death soon. Um at least for one episode. Um, but if you have enjoyed this and you want to watch me ramble about contracts on Twitter a bit more, please follow us at The Kick Is Up. Um, but until next week, it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from me. I love you. I thought you were going to leave it at that. I was like, what, new laptop, new sign-off? What's this? <laughs>